Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. You know what that means, that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. It is the place to go when betting on this NFL holiday season. New customers can bet just $5. That's right, $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $100 and $50 in free bets if they do. That's right, $5, you get $150 if they do. Plus, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code 5QUESTIONS. All one word, 5QUESTIONS. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code five questions only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. State-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. It is Friday, like I said. Happy Friday. I hope everyone's had a great week so far. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got some news. Not a lot of news, and that's a good thing for the Steelers getting ready for the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to preview that game. We're going to run down the injury report, keys to victory. I've got my DraftKings Sportsbook parlay coming up here at the end of the first half. Jeremy Jerome Betts is going to be joining me. Random thoughts, heart to heart. My gosh, folks, this show is packed, is jam-packed with information. I hope you're ready. Buckle up. Let's get this show on the road with the news. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. I wrote the article for the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, but Najee Harris's abdominal injury, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, is not deemed to be serious. Uh, he has not practiced yet this week, but I think he, Ian Rappaport, I'm not a fan of his, but I, other, other than that, because uh, he blocked me on Twitter and I can't see any of his tweets. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. What I was saying is that I think he's referring to this as not going to be a season-long injury. It's not something that's expected to, to linger. So with all that being said, he might not play Najee Harris this Sunday, but that's good news if it's true. And with him, Ian Rappaport, that's a big if. Other than that, We'll get to the injury report. The line on this game is moving like crazy, and I'll talk about it in the preview, but to give you the quick summation, the Steelers opened as one-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road. That's expected. They win on Monday night. The line swings, and now the Steelers are favored by one on the road. Then, all of a sudden, we get a message from Dave Schofield on our Slack channel and says the line is flipped again, and now the Steelers are one-and-a-half. I might have gone down to one-point road underdogs. I don't get it, but it's... It is crazy. It is crazy how this line's moving all over the place. Not huge movement, but still enough that makes you kind of, things that make you go, hmm, I know that if you were my age, you'd remember that song. So there's some news. That's it. There's not really a lot of news. I love that. I love that. So let's go to a quick rookie recap. You know, a lot of these players, the rookie class, I love the rookie class, but I mean, think about Calvin Austin's on injured reserve. Uh, DeMarvin Leal, is he going to come back? Connor Hayward has minimal role on the team. I mean, he's playing, but he's not doing anything outside of just blocking and doing going through the motions. Uh, you're talking about um, Mark Robinson, who's on the team, but even him, he's only dressed once. Kenny Pickett continues to play well. I mean, he's not, not great, not fantastic, but he's playing well. His trajectory is going up. George Pickens had a lot of questions about him on Wednesday and the drops. People were concerned about the drops. I'm going to say it again. 
repeat it here, George Pickens' drops are only an issue if they continue. So if he goes out there in Week 13 against the Atlanta Falcons and he's dropping all these passes again, then maybe you get concerned. And even then, I wouldn't get overly concerned. But still, I know that's a concern on a lot of people's minds. You know, Kenny Pickett said it in his Wednesday uh, media availability when he talked about how he is never, and George Pickens would be in this boat as well, all the rookies would be in this boat, they have never had this much football in their lives. And he was talking about the draft prep. I mean, once their season ended, so in in Kenny Pickett's case, Pitt uh, for Georgia, we're talking about national championship game after the playoffs. They go right into getting ready for the draft. They have the draft. They've got all their pre-draft visits. They get selected. They go into rookie minicamp, and they haven't stopped yet. Yeah, there's some fatigue there, so keep that in mind. Jalen Warren, undrafted free agent. He's looking healthy. Hopefully he can return. Talked a lot about him on Wednesday and what I think he could bring to the running game if he, Benny Snell, and Anthony McFarland are the three backs active on game day. Random thoughts today are just going to be something I mentioned on Wednesday. I talked about how on Wednesday's show, if you missed it, go back and check it out, how the Steelers are quietly dispelling narratives one week at a time. And I said that not all, not all the narratives, though, not all the fan media narratives have been dispelled yet. And there were four that I wrote down that still need to be addressed. Could these be fixed in, during the season? Maybe. But it's not likely. Give you the first one. Linebackers in coverage. Yeah, it's not good. It is not good. But ultimately, we found out in week uh, 12 in Indianapolis on Monday night, it's not just Robert Spillane. Miles Jack got abused. Devin Bush got abused. They need to figure out how they're going to get a linebacker or a safety to cover some of these tight ends and running backs in the flat. It's been a an issue since the Steelers came out of their bye week starting in Week 10 against New Orleans. The cornerbacks, they're just not good enough. And if the Steelers are going to dispel the narrative that they can't draft a cornerback, they're going to have to do a good job. They're going to have to draft one, in my opinion. I'm not sure if it's going to have to be a first-round pick or if it's one of the two picks in the second round. They're going to have to find a cornerback that they think can come in and be eventually, doesn't have to be right away, that cornerback one on the roster. They don't have it. They have a lot of twos and maybe even some threes, but they don't have the one, the CB1. That's what they have to figure out. The pass protection. Now, the Steelers have surrendered some sacks, and Kenny Pickett is responsible for some, not all, but some of those sacks. The left side of the line, Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson, that is where the question marks reside, in my opinion. And I'm going to say what Kevin Smith said on the Here We Go Steelers show last week with Brian Davis on Fridays. Make sure you check that out today at noon. The pass protection, this is going to be like a trial error, or not a trial, but a tryout for Dan Moore and Kevin Dotson. Can you get the job done? You have the final slate of games to prove that you are the guys and we don't have to go out and get a left tackle in the first round, or we don't have to draft a left guard in the second round. That's what they have to do. But that's a narrative that probably will not be debunked or dispelled anytime soon. And the last one, the play calling. I will be the first to say that Matt Canada's play calling has improved. It has improved coming out of the bye week, as we all hoped it would. But has he done enough? Has he done enough to save his job? I don't know. We're not going to find that out. He's not going anywhere unless he quits. So, yeah, I'm not about to say that anything else is going to happen. So those are kind of some random thoughts there. Let's talk about 
Something I thought about, and this is the title of the podcast today, can the Steelers finally win back-to-back games? I was absolutely stunned, and it's really hard to believe that here we are, 11 games into this thing, and the Steelers have not won back-to-back games this season. I don't know what it was. I thought they did. I I literally had a brain fart today at work and thought, man, I I could have swore the Steelers won back-to-back games, but they hadn't. They hadn't. So uh, if there's any prayer, and I hate even saying the word playoffs, playoffs, but I did, this, they have to, they have to get this job done. They have to kind of check this off their to-do list in regards to winning back-to-back games and two back-to-back games on the road. I know they're in domes, don't care. They're on the road, they're not at home. So I went back and I was like, okay, let's look at the wins and then what followed. And then maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something. You know, Dave Schofield's Stat Geek on Thursday, that podcast, go check it out if you missed it. He talks a lot about how there's no cookie cutter stat for this team, and there's not. There's not one stat that rings true no matter what. Not one. There's no correlation with this team at all. And so I was like, okay, let's look at what week one at Cincinnati, the Steelers win 23-20. Overtime. Crazy game. We all remember it. What happens in week two? New England at home, they lose 17-14. to Now, that's still Mitch Trubisky. Let's remember some of the plays in that game. Nelson Aguilar touchdown over Akello Witherspoon. We talk about the costly fumble by Gunnar Olszewski on the punt return. But let's continue. Week 6 versus Tampa Bay, Tom Brady comes to Acroshore Stadium and the Steelers win 20-18. Kenny Pickett's knocked out of the game in the third quarter. Mitch Trubisky comes in, finishes the job. What happens in Week 7? They go to Miami on Sunday night. They lose 16-10. to They are completely shut out in the second half. Remember, though, those key interceptions by Kenny Pickett in the second half. Key interceptions. Let's go to Week 10. They win in New Orleans. Not, they win versus New Orleans, not, again, not in New Orleans. They were at home. 20-10, to they beat the Saints. What happens in Week 11? Cincinnati comes to town and beats them 37-30. They didn't turn the ball over, but, man, Gave up big play after big play. T. Higgins just ate him alive. Uh, Samarje, I think it's Samarje, whatever. P. Ryan from the Bengals, just the running back in the flats, was just eating him alive. Three touchdowns. Burrow throws for four touchdowns in that game. So then you look at Week 12 at Indianapolis. They win 24-17. What's going to happen in Week 13? What's going to happen in Week 13? So were there trends here? And that's what I kind of thought back to. I thought back to the games that I just mentioned, especially the games after the wins. And I was like, what were there any trends? There were trends. Big plays surrendered. I mentioned the Al- A- Aguilar touchdown against New England. And then there were also turnovers in key moments. The Gunnar Olszewski muffed punt. You look at Miami. The big plays in the first the first quarter, really, by the entire offense, whether it's Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, uh, doesn't matter. They were moving the ball just at will. And then in the second half, those costly Kenny Pickett turnovers. Against the Bengals, it was the big plays. They didn't turn the ball over in that game, but they just they could not stop the Bengals' offense from just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. And that ended up dooming this team. So this is going to lead us into keys to victory. But before we get there, I do want to take the time to go over the injury report to preview this upcoming game and make sure that everyone's on the same page. So let's start off with 
just a preview of this game. So the Atlanta Falcons are five and seven. Pittsburgh is four and seven. And again, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, the Steelers are a one point road underdog with the over under set at forty two. This is an interesting game from a, a gambler standpoint. But the last five games, the Steelers are three one and one against the Atlanta Falcons, and they own a, a overall lead of or their overall lead in the series is fourteen two and one. That's right. They've only lost twice in their history to the Atlanta Falcons. They're 14-2 and 1. Weird. This is a really unique game. The Falcons have kind of done the same thing the Steelers did in the past offseason with getting a veteran quarterback, drafting one. They drafted Desmond Ritter in the third round. Steelers obviously went with Pickett. The Steelers got Trubisky. They got Mariota. There's some storylines here, even though these two teams rarely play each other. Let's take a look at the injury report. So I'm going to talk about the Steelers first. And this is, I'm going to say this because I, I this is what I think. Not what I know, not what I believe. No one, I have no inside information. If you listen to Mike Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday, he talked about how he might be handling things a little bit differently this week when it comes to practice being on a short week. So you're going to hear a lot of names and you're going to see a lot of people that are popping up on this injury report. I just want to say, like, let's see what happens on Friday. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to give you that news because it's not going to come out till Friday afternoon. But still, take some of these with a grain of salt. So let's talk about Wednesday's injury report. Najee Harris, they label it as an oblique, didn't practice. He didn't practice either on Thursday. Hasn't practiced yet this week. Neither has Akello Witherspoon with a hamstring injury. I don't know why that guy's still on the roster. Put him on injured reserve. Get him on the shelf. There's no reason. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I'll start getting angry. But Akella Witherspoon hasn't practiced all week either. Minka Fitzpatrick with ribs. That's what we found out. It's a rib injury, I guess. Uh, he popped up on the – well, he's been a, a, a limited participant on Wednesday, but he was a full participant on Thursday. Robert Spillane's labeled not with a back like he was last week, but an oblique. He was limited on Wednesday, and then on Thursday he was limited again. Uh, Mason Cole with a foot was limited on both days this week. Again, I think that's a guy they're probably just taking it easy with. Jalen Warren was limited with a hamstring on Wednesday. But then when you look on Friday, uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, full participant. Miles Boykin with an oblique has been a full participant both days. And uh, Larry Ogunjobi with a toe was limited. TJ Watt with ribs was limited. Miles Jack with a knee was limited on Wednesday. And when you look at Thursdays, you have Miles Jack didn't practice. He went the wrong way. TJ Watt limited again. I think he's just, just kind of like helping him nurse along. Larry Ogunjobi went with the toe the wrong way. Cam Hayward got a day off. Benny Snell popped up on the injury report with a knee was limited. Some of these injuries... You just have to kind of wonder how it's going to go. Now, for the Atlanta Falcons, it's pretty simple. Thursday, uh, they had Arnold. I'm not even going to try to say this dude's name. He's an outside linebacker, forearm. He's been limited the last two days. Defensive lineman Jalen Dalton with a toe. He didn't practice Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. And offensive lineman Chuma Edoga as a knee didn't practice. Uh, He was limited on Wednesday, went the wrong way on Thursday. So we'll see what happens there. All right, let's talk about some that injury report for the Steelers, by the way. is just, it's kind of brutal. That's kind of brutal. Let's take a look at the keys to victory. We'll rattle these off. We'll get Jeremy Jerome Betts in in the second half to talk about NFL picks and all that good stuff. On offense, the three keys to victory are as follows. Number one, stay mistake-free. The Steelers have not turned the ball over since their bye week at all. Not just Kenny Pickett interceptions, haven't had a fumble, knocked on wood. Yes, I did for all those that are superstitious. Keep it clean. Second, 
You got to improve the red zone production. In the last three games, the Steelers averaged 53.85% completion for touchdowns only when it comes to their red zone trips. For the season, they are tied for 25th in the NFL with a 50% red zone completion percentage. That has to improve. You got to score touchdowns and not kick field goals. The third, run the rock. The last three games, week 10, 217 yards, week 11, 102, week 12, 172. They have to establish the run. I don't care who's at running back. Jalen Warren looks like he'll be back. We will probably see Anthony McFarland. We don't know about Benny Snell and Najee Harris, but I expect all those guys minus, I don't think Harris is going to play, if I'm being honest. We expect all those other players to play. I want them to run the football. And then you got to throw in Kenny Pickett running as well. Defense. Stop the run. And that includes Marcus Mariota. The The bread and butter of this Falcons offense is running the ball. Whether it's with Patterson or Mariota or any number of players, they like to run the ball. Pittsburgh should be equipped for this game based on the fact that they play the Ravens twice a year and the Lamar Jackson experience. They should be equipped. Stop the run. Number two, take it away. Atlanta Falcons have turned the ball over 16 times this season. Eight fumbles, eight interceptions. And the Steelers have taken the ball away two times a game every single game since that bye week. They got to keep that trend going. Take the ball away. And lastly, bend, but don't break. The Atlanta Falcons averaged 22.7 points per game. That's five points greater than the Steelers when it comes to points per game. They they have to hold the Falcons, who might move the ball well, got to hold them to field goals if they get into the scoring area. That's it. So again, to recap, on offense, stay mistake-free, improve red zone production, and run the rock. On defense, stop the run, take it away, and then bend, don't break. They do that, I think they win. That's just my own personal opinion. But you know what? I hope wins. I hope what wins is my parlay. I was really close again. I've been getting two out of three legs of these for so long now, I'm due for one. I think I got it. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage. For all of you, our loyal fans to follow this week, our parlay is, okay, listen up. I'm going back to the well. Kenny Pickett rushing yards. Okay, Kenny Pickett rushing yards. 30 or more yards. I like that. It's plus 110. That's leg one. Second leg, George Pickens receiving yards. 50 plus, plus 100. Okay, so there you have Kenny Pickett rushing 30 or more yards, George Pickens receiving 50 or more yards. The last leg, Steelers points. Total points, 21 and a half. I'm taking the over. That's plus 105. That's the parlay. Kenny Pickett rushing yards 30 or more, George Pickens receiving yards 50 or more, Steelers points 21 and a half. Take the over. I feel good about that. I really, really do. The only one that kind of makes me nervous is the picket rushing yards because I know he likes to run, but he's going to have to break off a couple decent runs. So we'll see. He's been running more since the bye. We'll see. But be sure to check out our Twitter where there will be a link to our bet for you to get all in on that. And you, it's live on Pennsylvania, Maryland, and West Virginia. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, folks. In the second half of this show, I've got the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts coming up. Stay tuned. And also, don't forget that heart-to-heart at the very end. We'll be right back after this break.
All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back. Second half Friday show. That means it's time for the Jeremy Jerome bets. All bets are off segment. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? It's going good. A fun week for me uh, as a Steelers fan. I also grew up uh, surrounded by Falcons fans uh, with my mom's family being from Georgia. So uh, always a fun time when the Steelers play the Falcons. So looking forward to this week's game. That's interesting. I don't think I know any Falcon fans. Sometimes when the Steelers are getting ready to play <laughs> sure. a game, I think to myself, do I know anyone that actually likes this team? And I, I know Browns fans. Obviously, I live in Maryland, know a ton of Ravens fans. I actually know like New York Jets fans and stuff. I just sure. I don't think I know anyone that likes the Falcons. So that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Um, what what are your what are your thoughts on the Monday night game? I'd be curious to see which side of the docket you reside because a lot of people think that it was bad. Uh, that hmm. the Steelers should have won by more. Uh, what was your overall takeaway from that Monday nighter? Well, I think they they could have won by more. Uh, absolutely, they could have uh, taken better advantage of some of the scoring opportunities they had in the first half um, with the the takeaways they had, and uh, you know just not converting uh, scoring drives into touchdowns, settling for field goals a couple times. So obviously you'd like to see some of those things clean up some of the mental mistakes and things that have kind of dogged them this year uh, improve. But overall, I thought the offense played pretty clean um, and the defense had its moments of, of greatness. And then, you know, every game uh, a team's going to lapse a little bit. They're going to have a, a drive or two where um, the other team starts to gain some momentum. I think you have to be encouraged as a Steelers fan that, one of the uh, two big scoring drives for um, for the Colts was totally um, catalyzed by a, a huge return, an 89-yard kick return that set them up in, in prime position for a touchdown, and it still took them a couple plays to get in, you know, so it wasn't like uh, the Steelers were just giving up gobs of yardage and, and scoring plays all over the place. So I felt – I came away from that game feeling like the Steelers are a little bit better than the – than the mediocre teams of the league. And uh, I think that they can continue to play that way throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Let, let's also, uh, let me ask you a question about this upcoming game, but more about one position in particular. Let's just assume, we don't know this for sure. He hasn't practiced yet this week. Let's hmm. assume Najee Harris is not playing this week. Right. If Najee Harris is not playing this week, but Jalen Warren returns. Hmm. How would you feel of a running tan, the trio, I guess I should say, of McFarlane, sure. Snell, and Warren? Would you be confident or a little bit wary? I'd be pretty confident. I think that that those three guys are kind of no mess around type players, um, and they they run the ball hard um, and they play the way this offensive line likes to block. You know, so they're they're going to jump in there and they're going to be pretty good right away. So I just think that you you'd be looking at a uh, a trio of backs that can complement each other well. And I think Jalen Warren would probably get the bulk of the carries if he's truly 100%. Um, and so I would like to see that. I'd like to see um, the the young bullet, as I like to call him, uh, get out there and, and show what he can do uh, as kind of the feature guy in this offense. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, continuing these questions about the current team and the upcoming game, would you say, let's say you are an, a defensive coordinator, you are planning for the Steelers this week. Hmm. So you're the Falcons D coordinator. I have no clue who that is, by the way. But still, Dean, Dean Pease. Sure, you go. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> Dean Pease, formerly of the Ravens. I do know that. Yes. yes. Um, are you viewing George Pickens as wide receiver one? And if not, why not? 
yeah, I, I for sure am. Uh, I'm sticking AJ Terrell on him all game long. And uh, the reason being is that it doesn't matter, you know, if, if he really gets open or not, um, he is the guy who is that who Kenny Pickett's going to look to, to make a play. Uh, if the play breaks down, that's the guy he's looking for. Um, if, if you're looking for the splash play, that's who he's looking for. So you, you've got to handle George Pickens in this passing attack in order to neutralize what the Steelers want to do in that regard. And uh, I do view him as, as a Steeler fan, I view him as the number one receiver on this team. I think he's uh, kind of sliding into that role and that he's playing it well. And as a defensive coordinator, um, he's the guy that you worry about beating you in the passing game. I don't think you worry about Deontay, Deontay Johnson beating you in the passing game and being the reason that you're, you, you give up a win, uh, a reason that you lose the game if you're on defense. Uh, but George Pickens could definitely be a reason you lose uh, if you're, if you're in, a, in the opposition. Yeah, I wrote an article on Thursday for the website. It was all about, I went back and looked at the numbers, like targets, receptions, mm. yards. Once Kenny Pickett came in, it's like everything changed. It's like everything yeah. changed. And he started targeting him more. And it, it, you think about the drops that he had uh, against the Colts, and his numbers could have been even better in that game. Yep. He definitely, as of right now, is the wide receiver one. No one would ever admit that, but he is. And defensive coordinators are going to have to plan accordingly. But I think the Steelers have some weapons that they can counteract that, and Deontay Johnson is one of those weapons. Now, I'm going to bring up a word. It's the dreaded word. No one wants to talk about it. You know what? I've always been one to buck trends. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to bring up the dreaded P word, playoffs. Mm. Playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs, yes, playoffs. <laughs> If the Steelers were to somehow, some way, miraculously dig their way, claw their way up, and other teams start to lose, they kind of come back down, what is the win total that you think they would have to get to to actually be a viable playoff contender? I know that it's putting the cart so far in front of the horse, but <laughs> I just was curious and your thoughts, because I know you are an optimistic guy like I am. You've done yeah. the prediction article for the website. What are your thoughts? What's that number? To me, the um, if if you're wanting to be a part of the playoff conversation come week 18, and I think you know the Steelers have a shot at that. I really do. Um, then you've got to you've got to go into that game um, with the opportunity to go nine and eight. So for the Steelers, that means they can only lose one more game uh, before they uh, host Cleveland. Uh, in that final week 18 matchup. And if you look at the, the remaining games, the, the Falcons, uh, the Ravens twice, the, the Panthers, um, and then sprinkle in the Raiders, the Raiders. That's right. Uh, the Raiders is kind of the, the key one here because, uh, uh, when I did my prediction, um, back a few weeks ago, I had the Steelers beating, uh, the Falcons and, and, and the Panthers, and I think that they probably split with the Ravens. So that means the Raiders game, um, and I think they also split with the Browns. I think that's kind of how this, this season goes for the Steelers. They're good enough to beat each of their division opponents once, maybe not good enough to beat beat them twice. We saw that against Cincinnati and a, a loss against Cleveland. So the Raiders game then becomes that hinge point. Can you beat the Raiders in uh, a game that has a lot of – uh, implications for the Steelers playoffs, but also historical implications. And this Raiders team so far from 
so far removed from the immaculate reception, we'll still have that as an organization that let's get revenge for our, uh, for our predecessors here, uh, you know, in, in Raiders nation. And so that's, that's going to be a tough game for the Steelers. Uh, it is at home, I believe uh, that's a, that's a high or a Acrisure stadium game. So that helps the Steelers. Yeah. And uh, so that becomes the hinge point for me. Uh, so I think you have to get to nine and eight to give yourselves a shot. 10 and seven, I think you're in. Uh, so if they went out, I think they're in. But if you if you want to have a shot, you got to go get to nine and eight. Hey, here's a little trivia question because you brought up, you know, the division rivals and splitting with the Ravens. What year was what was the last time the Steelers lost to the Ravens? Uh, let's go. Let's go. 2019 in the overtime game. That is correct. It's been since 2019 that the Steelers have lost to the Baltimore Ravens. They can sweep these guys. Keep that in mind. The Steelers know they know how to beat the Ravens. I feel more confident about that than them sweeping the Browns or the Bengals. I'm going to be, and that's not because I hate the Ravens the most because I do. It's because they match up so well against them. And And they match up well against Lamar. Go ahead. Do you think, because I tend to feel that's a, a defense thing for the Steelers yeah. and oh, yeah. not even like it was Ben Roethlisberger that was still here. You know, I think it's more of TJ Watt and the, this defense shuts down Lamar Jackson. Is that how you yeah. feel? That's yeah. exactly how I feel. They know. And that's what I said in the first half of the show when I talked about stopping the run in Atlanta. You know, they use Marcus Mariota in a variety of ways. They use Patterson a bunch. They they should they should have the game plan for a team like this because of right. Baltimore. So I'm confident in that aspect of the game. But you know what? Let's talk about some NFL picks. There's not a lot of picks here because remember, you know, we, we only do in the picks for the games that matter somehow, some way to the Steelers. Uh, and so let's go Sunday. One, hold on. I got to put the tape in. All right, there we go. We got the NFL primetime music going. Sunday at 1 o'clock, Denver. This, this might be a really bad game to watch. The yeah. Denver Broncos <laughs> going to Baltimore. Denver is getting eight and a half. What did you think about this? Because the Ravens are coming off the loss to the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence pulls off the magic at the end of the game. I I still can't believe that game ended up the way it did. But what do you think about this game? Yeah, this is an interesting one because Denver just keeps everything so low scoring, right? So when you see an eight-and-a-half point spread, uh, (laughs) that's that's, um, typically half of – each team's point total, right? So <laughs> it makes it tough to, to see uh, a team hitting that. But I think Baltimore is going to be very upset at how last week went. They're going to come out at home and want to prove that they're better than a loss to Jacksonville. And I think Denver's kind of the uh, unfortunate um, suspect here that gets the romping. So I'm going to say that the Ravens cover this and, and handle business at home. I agree with you because if the Ravens don't have an offensive output game, you know, and, and that's, that just means they, maybe they just score a lot of points. People are going to start wondering what the heck's going on. Cause since this team's come out of their bye week, they have done nothing well offensively and they right. didn't do a lot well offensively against the Jaguars until very late in that game when they started to move the ball. So yeah, I think the Ravens cover that eight and a half at help. Let's go to the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears. Why? Because the Chicago Bears, we hope they lose to get a higher second-round pick. The Green Bay Packers are giving three and a half on the road here. And Aaron Rodgers, he said it before, he owns them. But we're not mm. sure if he's going to play or not. What do you think? 
I think he probably plays, and I if, if he does, I, I like the Packers here. Um, despite Justin Fields' resurgence uh, and a, a Packers team that absolutely gets shredded on the ground, which is what Chicago does best, I kind of agree with Rodgers. He does own the Bears, and until we see otherwise, I like the Packers. And, uh, you know, they – they want to prove that there's more to them this season, uh, and I think that they can probably do that against Chicago. I agree with everything you said, unless Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. And remember, right. Right. the moment that we are recording this, we don't know about Justin Fields' availability. We assume he's going to play. We also don't know about Aaron Rodgers, so we're just taking the best guess that we have. I got the Packers getting three and a half. In a really interesting game as well as the Cleveland Browns, Going to the Houston Texans. Why? Deshaun Watson's first game with the Browns is also the first game back in Houston. The, I, you cannot tell me the NFL doesn't know what they're doing in that regard. Yeah. I hated how they did that, but I can't tell me they didn't know what's going on. The Browns are giving seven on the road. The Texans are bad, though. Are they that bad? I don't think they're that bad in what probably amounts to their Super Bowl this year as well uh, from a from a revenge-type perspective. Um, if you're into revenge games and revenge narratives, this literally has everything you could possibly want. And so this is much watch, must watch television if, if that's the case. So, I, But I think Houston probably plays it like it is their Super Bowl. I think you get a very rusty Deshaun Watson, and I think the Browns would be very lucky if he does not look like a quarterback that hasn't played for two years over the remainder of the season. I think that that's just as uh, that's probably more likely a scenario than he comes in and just reminds everybody right away why he was a top five quarterback a couple years ago. So I like Houston to be scrappy enough at home here, uh, especially defensively, to keep it close. And I think there's going to be pressure on the Browns to make Deshaun Watson look good coming out. So maybe they're a little more reluctant to go to the run. Uh, than they should be, and so I like Houston to at least cover the spread and maybe even play well enough to win this game. I actually like the Browns to cover here. I, mean, I know that the Texans are bad, and I feel like they're harder than they're just like, you know what, let's just get the top of it And who cares about Deshaun Watson? I know the players might not feel that way, and there might not be a lot of players still on the roster that were on the team with him. It's been a while. Uh, but still, I like the Browns to cover the seven. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson might use his legs more than people would imagine just because it's probably what comes natural to him. And he'll probably have some nerves and jitters. That was a tough hit for me. I was really close to taking the, the Houston to cover. But seven, if it was double digits, I'd give it to Houston, but I don't think so. The last game we're going to be picking is the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Kansas City Chiefs at 425. The Bengals are actually getting one and a half at home. What do you think, Jim? This is the AFC Championship rematch. This is probably the most uh, mind-numbing loss of Kansas City's entire season last year. Just on a total tear offensively uh, going into this game. And then remained so in the first half. And then in the second half just totally disappeared. And Cincinnati comes back and wins, goes to the Super Bowl. Everybody knows the ending of that story. But I think that that carries over to this year for two AFC heavyweights and I think the Chiefs have a lot to prove and it's a small spread I think the Bengals still have some issues uh, Jamar Chase coming back uh, and maybe a little less than 100% uh, you know with the injuries he's sustained uh, that's going to be big for Cincinnati to have him on the field obviously but I still think Kansas City on offense has uh, too many weapons uh, 
one too many Travis Kelseys for the uh, Bengals to handle. One too many Patrick Mahomes for the Bengals to handle. So I like. I actually like the home dogs here. The Bengals are getting healthy. I think Joe Mixon's going to be back. Jamar Chase is going to be back. They are going to want to prove something in this game. And I'm actually, I'm not a believer in the Kansas City Chiefs. There is still that team that lost to the Indianapolis Colts in there. I think that the Bengals at home getting points. Give me the home dog. I'll take the Bengals getting one and a half in this game. Now let's talk about the game everyone cares about. One o'clock Sunday down in Hotlanta. Pittsburgh, uh, this spread's been all over the place. When mm-hmm. I did this right before we recorded, the Steelers were getting a point. You might have had a different spread when you picked, but I have the Steelers getting a point. What do you see yeah. with this game, and how do you see it shaking out with the final score? Yeah, I have the Steelers getting a point as well. Um, and I think if you're the if you're Pittsburgh, you've got the sixth sixth ranked rush defense, right? You're allowing the sixth fewest yards per yeah. game to opposing rushers, and that bodes well for you in this game. But I think also you saw a a team in the Steelers that maybe got a little lucky based on game script against the Colts because when the Colts actually did decide to start running the football, they were pretty effective doing so. I think they had 4.3 yards of carry um, over the course of the game. Uh, and But on their two scoring drives, when they were kind of leaning more on the run, they were having success. They were moving the ball. They were staying ahead of the chains. And if there's one thing to be concerned about is the, the Colts didn't necessarily stick to that but the falcons will the falcons absolutely will stick with the run because they really can't do anything else and that is just their entire mentality their entire uh game plan every week so pittsburgh's gonna have to bring it for 60 minutes against the run they can't start out strong against the run and then hope for a game script change that's not what the falcons do the falcons run the ball no matter the game script and if the Steelers get caught on their heels in the second half, then Atlanta's going to run the ball down their throats and it's going to be a, a long day for the Steelers' defense. And we've seen how that goes. But if the Steelers' offense can possess the ball, I like Kenny Pickett to have his best game as a pro in, in this game. And so my bold prediction this week is that Kenny Pickett throws for 250-plus and his first three-touchdown performance as a Steeler. I just think that this this – game lines up for this to happen um, without Najee Harris and his goal line prowess. I think you're going to look to Kenny Pickett to George Pickens, Kenny Pickett to Pat Fryermuth in the red zone. There's going to be scoring opportunities. I like the over in this game as well. So uh, all that leads to a big day for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love this game for the Steelers. I really do. So I'm going to go 34 Pittsburgh. 24 Atlanta and a shootout of a game that uh, maybe changes some fans' minds about Kenny Pickett for the future. I would love it if that happened. I hope it does. I don't. I see this being a higher scoring game than people think. The over under is at 42 to 43, depending on the book. And I'm I'm agreeing. Hammer the over on this game. I like the Steelers. Shocker by the final <laughs> score of Pittsburgh 27, Atlanta 20. I don't see the Steelers blowing anyone out this year, but I think they're going to make enough plays. I agree with you. I think Kenny Pickett throws a couple touchdowns. I think they run the ball efficiently enough that they can, you know, keep it clean. I like the Steelers 27 to 20. All right, Jeremy, this is your chance to talk to the ride or die crew. Tell them what you have coming up and what you got going on your podcast. Go ahead. 
Yeah. So um, like I mentioned at the start of the show, got some family ties to both of these teams this week. So I'm going to write a, just a kind of get to know me article, if you will, um, focusing on these two teams and, and you know, how I, how I came to be, or how it came to be that this is a, a fun game whenever it happens. So just kind of a personal story. It'll, it'll be a little lighthearted, a little fun. So I hope uh, listener or readers will enjoy that one. You can look for that on behind the steel curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and then check out the Steelers fix. Andrew Wilbar and I are going to do a deep dive rookie review on the Steelers rookies. And then some other uh, rookies across the league that are, <clears throat> excuse me, standing out that we had our eye on in the draft process this last year. So you'll, you won't want to miss that tune into the Steelers fix this coming Tuesday. All right. Good stuff, Jeremy, as always, thank you for your time. I will talk to you next Friday. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. You too. All right. And a big thanks to Jeremy Jerome Betts for the all bets are off segment every Friday. I do appreciate and, and him taking the time. Um, I do appreciate his time and I want to make that very clear. So thank you very much, Jeremy, for all that you do for the website and for this show on every Friday. Let's finish this with the heart to heart as we always do. Losing is miserable. Okay. Losing is miserable. Uh, when you thought, when you talk about people that have just kind of tuned out on the team, whether it's both at our, the website behind the steel curtain or even on our podcast side, losing is miserable. But we're fans. We are fans, and I am a fan. And I want this team to win. I want them to win, and that will never change. So people that come at me on social media, and they don't come at me, but they'll comment and say, Though they they screwed it up, Steelers screwed it up. They could have had a higher draft pick. I'm I just I'm sorry. I understand what you're saying. I totally grasp the concept. I just cannot get on board with it. I, I cannot do it. I physically can't watch the Steelers playing a game and not root for them to win. I cannot do it. Uh, I've, I've not even tried, but I don't think I could if I even if I did try. The Steelers. I'm a fan. I want them to win. Why? Losing is miserable. I will take 12th, 15th overall pick. I don't care. I really don't. I I want them to win football games. You can call me an idiot. I've been called way worse in my life. But please, I'm going to understand that you can have your own thoughts and opinions on this, but I'm going to always root for this team to win. All right, that does it for me. It's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, so I will be there for the post-game show with myself, Brian Davis, and Dave Schofield, so make sure you check us out there, and I'll be back on Monday for the Winners and Losers podcast. It's always a fan favorite. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday. Go Steelers.